you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. everybody it's monday december 5th 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and the specialist cast of dozens that i was put on this show each and every week we have one game left in week 13 then we head into the final week of the fantasy regular season now for you for real football it was a good week for the bills i mean you guys sat at home watched tv and went from the five seed to the one seed like things could not have broken better for the buffalo bills yeah yeah thanks to you guys the 49ers <laughs> uh, upsetting the dolphins or and, and then the bengals beating the chiefs uh right now i mean I, I don't i'm happy as a bills fan but i think as a chiefs fan you have to be a little bit worried you lost to the bills and the the bengals your top two teams to get to the super bowl See, right now those are the teams that you might have to go through to get to another super bowl and right now for whatever reason joe burrow just has the Chiefs yeah. number more than anything. So that has to be concerning if you are a Chiefs fan. We got plenty to talk about on the show. We've got our five biggest takeaways from the week. Some waiver wire targets, which are going to be incredibly important on a week where there are six teams on a bye. Madden movers. Plus, we're going to do some real or mirage for the rest of the season, looking at some players that might have had some big weeks in the last week or two. But... Let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. So the 49ers got a win, but they also suffered a loss. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot against the Dolphins on Sunday. He'll need surgery and is going to miss the rest of the season. Brock Purdy, a.k.a. Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, maybe is QB1 now. He filled in, tossing two touchdowns and a pick and win over the Dolphins. If Brock Purdy is going to be the starter for the rest of the season, and right now that's what science point to, how comfortable are you starting the rest of the 49ers offensive pieces? Not very. Um, I, I think Christian McCaffrey obviously stays in play because he's Christian McCaffrey. He had 10 targets yesterday in a game where Brock Purdy threw the ball 37 of their 41 attempts. Uh, Debo Samuel had 10 targets. Those I also feel good about Debo because I think that McCaffrey – and Debo are the two players in this offense that you can manufacture touches for. Like, we saw them do it with Debo all last year throughout the playoffs. Like, Kyle Shanahan just puts him in a spot, design runs, whatever it may be, to get him the ball. 
I'm worried about Ayuk, who's someone who would win downfield. I don't know if Brock Purdy can get the most out of him like Jimmy G was. And we already thought Trey Lance would get more out of him than Jimmy G was. And I'm really worried about George Kittle, who had just three targets in a fantastic matchup yesterday. I think for Kittle, the issue is do they leave him in as a pass protector now mm -hmm. for Brock Purdy? Just because, you know, I don't know if he's going to manipulate the offense the same way Garoppolo does. I'm with you. I'm fine with Christian McCaffrey. I think they figure out a way to manufacture touches for him. And maybe this sort of gives Debo Samuel a boost because I was of the opinion that Samuel was maybe not officially benchable, but it was hard to start him each and every week. But I think they can figure out a way to manufacture touches for Debo Samuel now. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm with you. Ayuk, I think, takes a big downgrade. I think I think all the pass catchers do take a bit of a hit. But if there's one that can sort of survive it, it's probably Debo Samuel. Worried very much about George Kittle the rest of the way. In Baltimore, Lamar Jackson left Sunday's game against the Broncos in the first quarter with a knee sprain. Now, after the game, John Harbaugh said it's not a season-ending type of knee injury. Jackson will get some more tests on Monday. Tyler Huntley filled in for Jackson, led the Ravens to a 10-9 win. But it was getting hard to start any Ravens not named Lamar Jackson or maybe Mark Andrews. If it is Tyler Huntley, are we down to just Mark Andrews as the only startable Raven? Yeah, I think so. And, and before everyone who has Mark Andrews really starts to panic, understand that his numbers last year were better with Huntley than they were with Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that Huntley is better or, or that Andrews is going to suddenly get a huge boost. I'm just saying that it's fine. Like Mark Andrews is going to be okay. I'm more worried about how healthy Mark Andrews is because he hasn't looked like himself in over a month now. But Huntley last season was he, – he was a decent – like, he averaged 12 fantasy points per game. I, I think we had a better memory of what he was <laughs> right. than what he actually was. I think we have that better memory because Mark Andrews ate. And mm -hmm. so, like, we were happy about that. But I don't know of a lot of people or don't recall a lot of people clamoring to start Tyler Huntley on a week-to-week -week basis. And I think it was sort of like, hey, man, this guy is doing a pretty good job because he was thrown to the guy that a lot of us were starting. So I think, I, I don't know that I'm rushing out to get Huntley off waivers, even in a week with six teams on a bye. The other part of it is the six teams on a bye. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks that we're going to be missing that week. Yeah. I think Justin Fields is going to be off. That's going to be a, a loss for people. But beyond that, there aren't a whole lot of quarterbacks that we're really going to be sad about being off this week. In Seattle, Kenneth Walker left Sunday's game against the Rams in the first half, did not return. Now, after the game, Pete Carroll said that Walker, quote, jammed his ankle and is dealing with a strain. Then on Monday, Carroll said it's possible, possible Walker plays next weekend, but the team doesn't know yet. He's calling this a, quote, unusual injury. There have been constant updates to the updates. There will probably be another update once we're done recording this show. Who knows? But... How high on your waiver list, and we'll talk about waivers later, but how high on your waiver list is DJ Dallas right now? Uh, he's really only high for me if I have Kenneth Walker. Like, um, because Kenneth Walker, like you said, Pete Walker said, might suit up next week. And even if he doesn't, I would anticipate he's back sooner than later. This is a Seahawks team that is very much so fighting for their playoff lives right now. Next week, they have a good matchup against the Panthers. So maybe they decide to, to take it easy with Kenneth Walker. And in that case, uh, DJ Dallas does get a boost. But I, I don't think we see DJ Dallas come in and just handle a full Kenneth Walker workload. I think Travis Homer, who was uh, inactive yesterday, uh, if he's healthy enough to go, he could be a big factor there. Tony Jones was used. I think it just becomes a full-out committee. And at that point, I, I would only really use him as a plug-and-play. So there we go, Kenneth Walker. But he's going to be out there. Or not Kenneth Walker. DJ Dallas, I should say, is going to be out there. And I'd imagine he's going to be a name you see added quite a bit off the waivers this week. Time for our five biggest takeaways from Sunday. We do this every single week. So of the things you learned watching football yesterday, what was one of them? That DeAndre Swift is back. And, and for a while, I would come on this show every week and be like, uh, it's another week where DeAndre Swift wasn't really used and you can't trust him in fantasy. And then last week, we started to see them use him a little bit more uh, in the game against the Bills on Thanksgiving. And then this one today, he... Not only he led the Dol uh, I'm sorry, the Lions backfield in snaps played, in carries, in targets, in total yards. He scored a touchdown. Jamal Williams scored a touchdown, but besides that, was very seldom used. So seeing Swift get utilized this much, plus 
the Lions are winning games, and they have a huge game next week against the Minnesota Vikings where if they win that game, like the playoffs are very much so in the realm of possibility for the Lions. So fire up DeAndre Swift moving forward. Yeah, it's interesting. He had the most snaps and touches he's had since week one. And during the week, I mean, Deuce Staley, the running backs coach and assistant head coach, was coming out and saying he, he looks like he's getting it now. Everything's like it's coming together. So it seems like the coaches are very excited about getting him on the field as well. For me... And I know we just talked about Debo Samuel and how I think he keeps some value, but I think overall you're downgrading him to maybe a wide receiver three, a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, just because the touches, one, have been sort of down. Now, maybe that number comes up a little bit because Purdy, Brock Purdy is at quarterback, but even then, they are using him kind of as a short-range guy, and he's forced to really get yards after the catch, but... Defenses are trying to take that away from him. Brandon Ayuk has been the number one receiver. He's been more the downfield guy for the 49ers this year. But I just think that right now, Debo's not close to the guy that you drafted. He's getting things done for the offense, and the Niners are winning games. But it's not because he's going out and having these breakout huge games like we saw from him last year. So it's a situation where you're not dropping Debo by any stretch of the imagination. But depending on the matchup and depending on who else is on your roster – there may be questions about whether or not you're just plugging Debo into your lineup straight away each week. Where else uh, are you looking for, for some takeaways from last week? We've already known that Christian Watson was blossoming into a league winner, and he fully became that this week. I, I would say he won in the red zone. He won uh, on an end around. And then Garrett Wilson joins him as the list of rookies who are going to win people their leagues this season. Um, Christian Watson has been playing so well, first of all, that – Aaron Rodgers is talking about coming back next season just because he wants to see what <laughs> Christian Watson can continue to become. Uh, but when he's scoring a touchdown every single game, going for over 100 yards every single game, he's now a must-start. No more questions on Watson. And then Garrett Wilson, uh, he just continues to thrive in games with Mike White. Yesterday, 15 targets, 8 catches, 162 yards. Uh, in games in the last two weeks, 28% target share, 47% air yard share. He's getting... All the volume there with Mike White. It's just getting better and better. And he has a good matchup next week in a game where the Jets probably have to throw to keep up with Josh Allen and the Bills offense. It's, it's interesting, too, because these guys really take it off. I mean, Wilson, we thought, was going to have a good year. Watson, we weren't really sure about. But these guys have both just been outstanding, especially for the last few weeks. I'm looking at depth running backs right now. Guys that you drafted, maybe as your third running back, maybe as occasional flex options, maybe you even grab them off the waiver wire. Some of these guys are going to play crucial roles in fantasy down the stretch. And we look at what we've seen the last couple of weeks, right? A.J. Dillon the last two weeks has gone off and had some really big games running the football for Green Bay. James Cook, we saw him on Thanksgiving. We saw him you know, recently go out and play well on Thursday night and get a whole lot of opportunity. It looks like maybe he's surpassing Devin Singletary there in Buffalo. Brian Robinson with Antonio Gibson banged up is starting to get more work and starting to play well in that Washington offense. So some of these guys that maybe we haven't thought a lot about or maybe we tried to plug them in as sleepers earlier in the season to limited success, they look like they're all in position now to start getting more opportunity and to start being productive. That's great if you were able to add some running back depth or even if you just need help. Some of these guys are still out there on the waiver wire. So don't overlook some of these names because they could be very important as you get through this final week of the regular season and on through the fantasy playoffs. Last takeaway for you from uh, this week. Uh, this year's Amon Ross St. Brown, like the receiver that gets hot down the stretch and wins a bunch of people their leagues, is Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that is how good this guy has been. Yesterday, 12 targets, 11 catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns, a measly 35 fantasy points, and then in his last four games he's topped 114 yards three times he has three touchdowns in his last two weeks and in that last month he's averaging 25 fantasy points per game the guy is just willing people to, to victories each and every week and I don't see any reason that he's going to slow down like I just said a little while ago these are big games for the Lions the, the Vikings secondary next week has been torched as of late and I think Jamison Williams, who they said expect more from next week, him being out there is only going to help open more up for Amon Ross St. Brown because he is such a weapon downfield. Very curious to see what happens with this offense when Williams becomes more operational. I think he only played like 
what, 10% of the snaps. It was a very small number. It was, that it was not a lot. In fact, the, the plan actually had been to get him work on special teams, but the Lions never punted. So they never, got to, <laughs> they never had a chance to get him out there on special teams because they just didn't punt the football. But very curious to see what this offense is going to look like once he's there and has an opportunity to play a bigger role as he's still working his way back from that knee injury. Top performers for week 13, Jalen Hurts at it again, 34.4 fantasy points. He had three passing touchdowns, ran for one more. Christian McCaffrey gave you over 140 scrimmage yards, eight catches and a touchdown. That was good for nearly 29 fantasy points. Devontae Adams continues to just go nuts, 37.7 points for Tay. Greg Dulcich in a game that finished 10 to 9, somehow Dulcich had 6 for 85 yards, 14 and a half points as the top tight end. Greg Zerline kicked five field goals. That was good for 18 points. And the Browns just mauled the hapless Texans offense, and they scored 30 points even. Let's go back to Jalen Hurts, though, because, again, more than 34 fantasy points, continues to do it. Some weeks it's with his legs. This week it was with his arm. And I'm making the case that, Jalen Hurts should probably be the first quarterback drafted in 2023. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I Well, him or Josh Allen, I, I think it, it's going to come down between. I, I think right now Jalen Hurts uh, just took full control over the MVP race this year with Tua struggling, Mahomes taking the L, and him just going out there and dominating. And, and like people like to say, oh, it's bad for a quarterback to run. Is it? Is it, is it, when, is it, it? O- when it helps open up stuff downfield and you have a quarterback who could throw bombs to A.J. Brown? Whether, like, A.J. Brown had two touchdowns yesterday. One was the most wide open you'll ever see, and the other was the most contested touchdown catch you will ever see. Right. And both of them were dimes from Jalen Hurts. I don't under And I, I'd have heard the argument that quarterbacks, you don't want your quarterback to run. It's bad. I don't understand that, considering in the early days of football, before the forward pass, that's all quarterbacks (laughs) did, first of all. But second, if you have a guy that you know is just going to stand in the pocket and not move around, that means the defense is essentially playing 11 on 10. Not everybody's going to be Tom Brady that just carves you up. If you're just standing back there, you're not really offering much. You're not giving the defense much to think about. Jalen Hurts forces you to pay attention on every play. You cannot turn your back because he'll take off and run. And even if you start to guard against him running, then he's getting the ball out to his wide receivers. uh, I was going to say, I bet the Colts wish Matt Ryan could move around a little bit Any more. Any at all. <laughs> at all. Because that, that was brutal on Sunday night. Jalen Hurts getting it out to his wide receivers like one Arthur Juan Brown, who, as you mentioned, a couple of touchdowns, fully got his revenge against the Tennessee Titans. And I don't really know what to say about him other than he really has been that dude that we thought he could be. Yeah, he, he is a wide receiver one, a must start each and every week. Like this not only was a great matchup on paper, but it, there was some extra motivation there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and A.J. Brown more than came through. He's like, all right, you guys want to trade me? I was the only receiver of my class who didn't get an extension. Cool. Watch what I'm going to do to you guys now. And th- <laughs> that's really all there is to it. You start A.J. Brown each and every week. Yeah, it's funny, too, because I saw that Traylon Burks had a 25-yard touchdown catch. And I was like, ooh, you know, we were like against uh, Traylon Burke starting this, but like then that was like the only thing he did I think that was his he, only he catch he did get hurt on that catch okay um so it, it was unfortunate but I, I tweeted out I was like hey if he's winning deep against the Eagles secondary when he's healthy you could just start him yeah, it's true we should we've talked a lot about him in the last couple of weeks Josh Jacobs uh, my friends who are Raider fans they, they've watched him run the last few weeks and they've been texting me and they're like it's gonna be so sad knowing that they're not going to resign him and he's going to be somewhere <laughs> else next year I don't know. I just keep I just keep feeling like we should just continually apologize to Josh Jacobs because we overlooked you in fantasy drafts this year and that was a mistake and I continue to be sorry for it but man he has just been a beast this year. Yeah, yes he has and he routinely in the last month has uh, his low game in his last four is 19 fantasy points and all the other three he's over 21 like this guy is just going off on a weekly basis and yesterday I mean, 150 yards, it wasn't the 300-plus from a week before. But I think part of it was they were playing from ahead uh, in a lot of this game. But, but when they're trailing, we know that they'll throw the ball to him as well. So he, the only question, it's no longer, again, a question of is he an RB1. It's more like is he a top five running back, even higher maybe? He really is right now. And it's interesting. You talk about the Lions still having playoffs potentially in their future. The Raiders starting to get hot right now, and they're they're on the outside, but they're winning games. They've won, what, three in a row, I believe now? And, um, you know, they're not dead yet, and a lot of it is because Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs are doing it in a big way. On the other side, the Chargers sort of chargered. They had a chance to put themselves in playoff position and squandered a game against their rivals. But Keenan Allen 
Looked good. It's nice to see Keenan. I mean, I know we missed a lot of time with him this year, but it's nice to see Keenan Allen back in our fantasy lives. Yeah, and, and it took a little bit to get going uh, for this duo, but then he caught that long 35-yard touchdown. And six catches, 88 yards is cool. The, the 14 targets is what really stands out for me. Keenan Allen is back to being a – I mean, he never was not one, but he is a weekly must-start option, uh, especially if he's getting volume like that. The throw on that touchdown was insane. I mean, Justin Herbert is ridiculous. I mean, the, the catch was great, too, but that throw Justin Herbert made, just rolling out and firing it to the corner of the end zone was just insane. I, I did feel a little bit bad for Keenan Allen because the takeaway from this game was just, like, Devontae Adams is the greatest wide receiver to ever, <laughs> like, touch the, the earth, and Keenan Allen had a good game, and everyone just got overlooked. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah Keenan, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Devontae, I mean, it was <laughs> like, that's kind of how that went. We talked a little bit about Chris. Christian McCaffrey, but it was nice to see him have that big game because the last couple of weeks we've been worried about his usage, his touches, and I know some of it was because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and that changed what the Niners wanted to do, but it's just a reminder of who he can be when he's getting opportunities. Yeah, and the fact that he got the double-digit targets, led the team there, I think that's something that we're going to see a whole lot of. Like, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to ask Brock Purdy to, to be winning downfield. Like, they'll take some shots, but I think a lot of the plays that we're going to see Birdie run are going to be short, quick throws, which is why I feel confident about CMC and Debo the most in this offense. They should still get a lot of opportunities. Hopefully, they're quality opportunities, and especially for Debo. They're not just short little extended handoffs because that will make a difference. Those are the guys who were good. Let's talk about the guys who were bad. Who was your biggest disappointment of the week? Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. For a second straight week, I, I think I have him, or I had him out on something disappointing uh, on the <laughs> show last week. But this last week, in week 13, or week 12, I mean, we were saying, like, all right, he played limited snaps. It was his first game back. It was against the Rams in a game that they didn't really need him. They were saving him for this game against the Bengals. And, yeah, they needed him in this game against the Bengals. But he saw just four targets, caught three of them for 35 yards. And the thing about Juju is in the beginning of the year, we were like, all right, this, he's not really working out. He has a really low floor. And then he had, like, a three-week stretch where he was going off, and we were like, all right, this is maybe him fully acclimated. I think this is just who Juju is at this point. He doesn't bring a safe floor. The ceiling is high because he's tied to Patrick Mahomes, but he, he's like a wide receiver three that I think you kind of have to start, but you're going to get up and down results. Maybe they need to go back to play more Call of Duty together. That seemed to be the, <laughs> the catalyst for them having success as a pass-catch duo. For me, it was Derrick Henry, and some of it was because the Titans fell behind, but it wasn't like they were super behind most of the game. But you just didn't see a big one out of Derrick Henry. Maybe this, some of this is owed to Jordan Davis coming back and the Eagles really trying to beef up their defensive front. But just 11 carries, just the three targets, uh, 5.8 fantasy points. And obviously for the, for the Titans to be successful, you have to have a lot of Derrick Henry involved. It just wasn't really the case. And, yeah, credit the Eagles because defensively they're a very good team. But you still expect more than this out of Derrick Henry on a weekly basis. And you know, at a time when you have teams that are fighting for fantasy playoff position, you were hoping that Derrick Henry comes alive. The good news is the rest of his season, he has a very favorable schedule. You're talking about arguably the best running back in the league, and he's got maybe the best fantasy playoff schedule. But this was, was a big disappointment. I would also add, just kind of as a, a honorable mention, Nick Chubb. I know he had 80 rushing yards. It just felt like he should have had way more opportunity than he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess to be fair, like his quarterback was playing terrible and their defense was getting all of the touchdowns. But as someone who had to face the Browns defense in the league, I am petitioning to never see Kyle Allen start a game again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. But the Browns defense really uh, did take advantage of that. I had them as a sleeper. Didn't expect 30 points from them. Mistakes were made in lineups over the weekend. Let's get to a few of them sent to us by you guys over at NFL Fantasy. This one from Jack Andrew Hunter. Kyron Williams over Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not huge Isaiah Pacheco fans here, but I don't, I don't think I'd have started Kyron Williams. Yeah, over. I was going to say, I know I had him as a sit last week, and I, I will admit that like he outperformed what I thought. But still, like not great. I, I don't know. But I, I would not be playing Kyron Williams over him. No, and now there's even more confusion because yesterday was the Cam Akers game for the Rams. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what to do with that backfield whatsoever. But, I yeah, I, I don't know that I trusted Williams over, over Pacheco. Uh, next one. Next tweet from BJ. 
keep sticking Gasicki in my lineup knowing he's not a part of the offense anymore. Why? Yeah, you can move on. You can just you can just cut Mike Gasicki. That will solve that problem. You could have did that two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that that yeah, you should just move you should have moved on from him a long time ago. So this one's kind of on you, B. Sorry. <laughs> next <laughs> next one. Jay, George Pickens, can someone explain to me what happened? I cannot. I cannot. Two two targets. And, and you know who's even more upset than, than we are right hmm. now? George Pickens. He he refused to speak to the media after the game yesterday. He left. And I understand it. If I was out there making circus-like catches every week and you wouldn't throw me the ball, I'd be upset too. Yeah, I think, I think somebody said that Zay Jones had more drops than George Pickens had targets. Ooh, Zay yeah. Jones, another one that burned me. This yeah, week. Zay Jones did not have a good game this week. But yeah, I, look, you, I don't think you were wrong for starting George Pickens. You just got burned by an offense that didn't involve him, and nobody knows exactly why. Last one, Bad Hat Harry. Started uh, Watson over field, sick to my stomach, will probably miss playoffs because of this, and I deserve it. Yeah, we warned you against starting Deshaun Watson this week. Yeah, had Watson as a sit. I, I will say in, in bad hat, Harry, in one league I'm in, our fantasy live league actually, Fields is my quarterback. Mm -hmm. The best available backup when he was up in the air was Deshaun Watson. But the minute they were like, Justin Fields is playing, I made that swap. Yeah, Fields Fields over Watson. I mean, just there was, there was always an inherent danger in starting a guy who hasn't played football in nearly two years. So hopefully you can rebound. There's one more week. Hopefully you you can rebound, Harry, and, and come back and make the playoffs uh, for this year. We will get to the waiver wire. That is going to be ultra important here in week 14 as you battle for playoff position. So we'll go through some, through some guys who could probably help you get over the hump. That's after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's look at some of the top waiver wire targets for week 14. Florio, who's on your list? Ryan Tannehill, who gets a good matchup against the Jags next week. Mike White in what is a surprisingly good matchup against the Bills. Brock Purdy, just because of all the pass catchers around him. Jared Goff uh, in a solid matchup against the Vikings. And then Tyler Huntley, just a lot of quarterback streaming options if you're in need of one. Uh, Cam Akers, who took over that backfield last week. James Cook, uh, who led the way for the Bills last week. Zonovan Knight, who led the way for the Jets. DJ Dallas, because Kenneth Walker's banged up. Jarek McKinnon, 
who split work pretty evenly with Isaiah Pacheco this past week. And then some pass catchers, Michael Gallup, who is really coming to life the last couple of weeks. Jamison Williams, who I still expect big things down the stretch. Zay Jones not giving up on him. Rondell Moore because a lot of people dropped him. Jahan Dotson, who had a great game yesterday as well. And then a lot of tight ends as well. Hunter Henry, uh, Greg Dolchik. I'm not even going to attempt this name uh, of the tight ends. Chig Okwonkwo. Yeah, I would have messed that up. Uh, <laughs> Evan Ingram and Daniel Bellinger. Just, again, because teams are going to be in need of streaming options with six teams on by this week i do like the hunter henry uh option too as well uh, i have a i have a sneaking suspicion he may slide into the sleepers column this week just a little bit of a preview if you want more on some waiver wire targets you can go check out matt okada's column at nfl.com slash waiver wire and it is probably good to remind you yet again six teams are on a buy the league did fantasy managers no favors here in the final week of the regular season you've got the falcons packers saints bears colts and commanders all off here in week 14. I don't know that it hurts us much for the quarterback spot because really out of that list, I think Justin Fields is the only one that people are starting consistently, but running backs, wide receivers, we're going to be missing quite a few this week. Let's talk about some guys that were on that waiver wire list. Brock Purdy, the matchup's not really good this week against the Buccaneers, but you, the way you set it up, it's sort of like the, we, the way we were sort of into Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Not so much about the guy throwing the football as it is about the guys potentially catching the football. And that's the thing. Like, Jimmy G, last I checked, was leading the league in percentage of passing yards that came uh, after the catch. Yep. And that, that is something that's not new with him. Like, every year, if he's not leading the way, he's top three. So... Again, I, I think Brock Purdy, I, I don't want to say he's going to be Jimmy G because we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks come in here and fail to be Jimmy G. But if he can just, you know, quickly get the ball out to Christian McCaffrey, Debo, like we've never seen this allotment of talent around a, a backup quarterback in San Fran either. And that's the thing. I, I just, the pass catchings are so elite that I think Purdy has some upside. That, I think, is the way to do it. You just you get the ball out to them in space. And it's funny, we're just the way we're talking about him is sort of the way we talked about Garoppolo, just a slight downgrade in talent from the quarterback position, but the weapons around him still are very good. Jahan Dotson, who had a big catch and run for a touchdown late in that game for Washington that ended in a tie. But we had the Hudson kind of Dotson early in the season. He kind of faded, and now it looks like he's back. Curtis Samuel sort of coming back, too, as well in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they both had pretty good games yesterday, but Dotson, five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. I love that he had nine targets. Only Terry McLaurin had more. Uh, like you said, though, we saw Curtis Samuel with seven targets. He had three carries as well. Um, as great as Heineke has been for Terry McLaurin, the question has been, can he elevate multiple wide receivers? And him doing so in a tough match against the Giants yesterday is encouraging. No, absolutely encouraging. So Dotson back on the radar, especially in deeper leagues for folks who may be uh, needing help. Of course, keep in mind, he's off this week. So this is more of a stash going forward uh, beyond week 14. Ryan Tannehill is, when it comes to fantasy quarterbacks, is sort of as meh as they come. But this week... This is about the matchup for Tannehill. Yeah, 100%. Like, he disappointed yesterday. That was against uh, the Eagles. And he's disappointed two weeks in a row now. Uh, it is worth pointing out that two weeks ago, Derrick Henry fumbled what would have been a touchdown catch uh, on the one-yard line. It, it, he would have got more points if that caught got caught. But anyway, this, again, is about the matchup. The Jaguars have allowed a ton of production, especially as of late, to quarterbacks. They just allowed Jared Goff to score the most fantasy points he scored in two months. The week prior to that, they let Lamar Jackson score the most fantasy points he had in two months. It, it's just a get-right spot for all quarterbacks. So there you go. Ryan Tannehill is in play this week. Hopefully, Traylon Burks can get healthy because he would very much be in play as well uh, coming up this week against the Jaguars. Greg Dulcich, we liked him when he first you know, came off of injured reserve and he got a big role kind of vanished, but that is sort of what happens when you talk about the Broncos offense. Cortland Sutton got hurt, though, so that means potentially, I would think, some more opportunities for Dulcich going forward. Yeah, and, and that, like, Sutton got hurt early in the game yesterday, and then it led to, uh, to him getting eight, Dulcich getting eight targets, six catches, and 85 yards, all of which led the Broncos. Look, you don't want to start any of your Broncos if you don't have to, but when we're talking about tight end, volume is really all that matters. So if he's going to see volume like this with no Cortland Sutton, then he is in play. Uh, fun fact about the, the Broncos right now, they're averaging the fewest fantasy points per game by a team since the 2012 Chiefs. <laughs> Wait, is that the Chiefs team that didn't have a wide receiver touchdown all year long? 
May I, I, it might be. I have to go, I have to go look, but there was that year where no Chiefs wide receiver scored a touchdown for an entire season, which seems almost statistically impossible. You would think that a blown coverage, somebody falling down, just a fluke would happen, but the Chiefs went a whole season without having a, uh, a wide receiver score. So a touchdown. I don't, Dwayne Bowe had three touchdowns. Okay, so it's 2014. He led Maybe. them with three touchdowns. Okay, that's not great either, though. <laughs> so, all right, so 2014 is the year I'm thinking of. But either way, it still just blows my mind that it happened for a full season. Speaking of the Chiefs, Jarek McKinnon, and you talked about him splitting opportunities with Isaiah Pacheco. Neither guy is super exciting as far as I'm concerned. They can both give you decent numbers, but not, I don't think, blow-up numbers. But the fact that it's a two-man backfield and not a three-man backfield is at least encouraging. Yeah, that, that is true. They, they both played 46% of the snaps, Pacheco and McKinnon. Uh, Pacheco had more carries, and they had the same number of targets, but... What I think was encouraging for McKinnon was there was a, a drive where he was out there and when they got in, in first to goal situation, like they let him carry the ball and then on third, he stayed in for second and goal and on third and goal, they threw him the ball and he got in. So like if he's getting work near the end zone, he is very much so going to be in play in fantasy. I dropped him in a league where I need running backs because he had struggled the two games before that. But I think this is kind of what the Chiefs' backfield is going to be. It's going to be frustrating week to week, but you kind of got to just choose to ride with them or not. you you got to make a decision. And, again, this is obviously going to be lineup-based and who's on your roster. But, again, I would rather have it be a two-man backfield than a three-man backfield. And so hopefully that's what they decide to do the rest of the season. If you're adding players, you're likely dropping players. So who's somebody that we can put back in the pool? You could throw back Brandon Cooks right now, who was not active this past week. But did you see the, what the Texans did on offense? <laughs> I mean, they, they had more touchdowns to the opposing defense. Like, they just cannot move the ball. And then they get a much harder matchup next week than what they just had. I, I'm, I want no part of Brandon Cooks. And I'm pretty sure... Brandon Cooks wants no part of this Texans offense right now. Yeah, he was pretty salty when he didn't get traded. I can't imagine his feelings are more better at this point anyway. So I, I think you got to get rid of Clyde Edward D. And I know he's on injured reserve, but that is even part of it. He's still on rosters in like 69% of NFL.com leagues. And right now he's the earliest he's eligible to come back would be week 16, which means at best you're getting two weeks out of him. But with Pacheco playing fairly well, with Jarek McKinnon getting opportunities, he's probably walking back into a three-headed situation there. You're not going to feel comfortable starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire really under any circumstances. So at this point, there's very little reason to hold on to him. I mean, I guess if you're putting him in an IR spot for team morale or something, I don't know. Maybe you're doing that, but, but you're not going to be playing CEH. You can very much move on from him at this point. NFL Plus is here. It's been here pretty much all season, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. You can stream live, local, and primetime games on your phone or tablet. 45-minute game replays with NFL Plus Premium, which is clutch, and more. This is the NFL for every fan. This is football freedom. This is your game on the go. Go to plus.nfl.com and sign up now. Time for some real or mirage. Been a little while since we've done this one, so I got five players here, or at least uh, five groups of people here and we're going to talk about for the rest of the season if what we've seen out of them is going to be real or if this was sort of a one-off from the last couple of weeks so let's start with Jared Goff you mentioned uh, he had a really good game on Sunday against the Jaguars the Lions offense starting to turn it up a little bit so real or mirage say you know let's say 20 points a week from Jared Goff is that real or a mirage that is a mirage um, I, I don't expect that from Jared Goff even with the Lions offense around him getting healthier but I do think Goff is real in the sense of like you can trust him in the right matchups like this was a fantastic matchup for him and they he played great they didn't like punt like you said so I, I think in that sense he like next week against the Vikings if you need a streamer sure Jared Goff can come in uh, and potentially be that guy but I don't feel comfortable saying like no this is a guy you can start each and every week yeah the the idea of Jared Goff as a QB1 is absolutely a mirage but he's a nice streaming option and the Lions you know they are they're back to being hashtag bad but fun you know but they're, actually they're not even bad because they're winning games right so now they're just hashtag fun so that's even better so I, I do think that part helps but I think what we saw from DeAndre Swift, knowing that Jamal Williams is still there, means that they can lean on the run when they need to, and that might have to be the case in some matchups. So if you're counting on Jared Goff the rest of the way, I think you may be disappointed. But if you can pick and choose your spots, uh, you might be all right. 
The Dolphins running backs did not have a good time in Santa Clara. I think we sort of expected that. I mean, just fewer than eight points combined against the 49ers. It's a defense that's very good on top. And on top of it, they sort of know Mike McDaniel and what his run scheme is going to be. So bad games like this, is that real or mirage the rest of the way? I think it's a mirage, but I, I think this backfield kind of is what it is at this point. Like, uh, there, there's two running backs that, as long as they are both healthy, are going to split the work. Yesterday was the first time since Jeff Wilson joined the Dolphins that Raheem Mostert got more work than he did. But I, I just think this is a backfield that maybe we were a little bit too high on coming into this game. They, they had some very favorable matchups. That's the good thing. We know that they can go out and be very trustworthy in the right matchups. But in tough matchups, I think they're not like you start them no matter who they're facing, the type of backfields. I mean, I think this was a mirage in the sense that this was the toughest matchup. This might be the toughest matchup they have left on their schedule. And we yeah. came into the week saying that this was going to be their first big test. And look, the Niners, uh, there's that very first play, right, where Tua hits Trent Sherfield for a 75-yard touchdown. And then the Dolphins really struggled to muster anything for a while after that. They got a big touchdown to Tyreek Hill later in the game, but they really couldn't generate anything. I don't think they're going to face matchups quite that tough the rest of the season. So I do think there are better days coming. Um, you know, this isn't going to be like, you know, this is going to be like what we saw from the Cowboys, right, where you have two guys who just go berserk and can do that regularly. But I think this, this backfield is going to be better than that. So I think, like, I think what we saw yesterday was a mirage. Next week they get the Chargers. I think you can go back to them. You can go right that. back to them. Then they Absolutely. get the Bills. Go back to them you can go back that. to them there, yeah. Packers. And then you the can, pa Patriots are a little bit tough. But, right. like, that, that's a week where it depends on your options. But that's three of the next four games where you can feel fairly comfortable mm -hmm. having these guys in your lineup. So, like I said, I think, I think Sunday was a bit of a mirage. That owes more to the Niners' defense than anything about the, Bill, or the uh, Dolphins' offense. Cam Akers. We had pretty much left him for fantasy dead, right? We were saying you could drop him. We didn't know what his his you know what his Facebook friend status was with Sean McVay. Nobody knew. Then he scores two touchdowns. Didn't see that coming. Real or mirage? Uh, the two touchdowns is a mirage because uh, the Rams are not likely to score two touchdowns each and every week moving <laughs> forward. Um, but him being the lead back here, I, I think is. Real. Like, I, I actually am going to include him in the start sit this week as, like, a bonus streaming option. I, I'm not confident enough to have him as a full-out start. But if you are in need of running back help, he gets a good matchup against the Raiders this week. And he just dominated touches, snaps, everything in that backfield. I'm just – I'm scared. I just – I think this is a mirage just because we don't know. It just seems like it's so – Week to week with, with Sean McVay and Cam Akers and, you know, our, our pal Neil Dutton, who does a lot of great work, referred to them as the Ross and Rachel of the <laughs> NFL. Because you just don't know. Like, some weeks it seems like it's all good and some weeks it's all bad. So I feel like this is the week where, like, hey, maybe Cam Akers is worth a shot. And they go back to Kyron Williams. I just – I just – I want to walk away from it because I don't know. I feel like this is a mirage. I feel like they just they took advantage of a good situation, and I just don't trust it the rest of the way. Drake London had one of his best games in a while. Uh, six catches for 95 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but 12 targets. Real or mirage here? Uh, mirage. I, I, <laughs> I want it to be real so bad. I, I love the volume he got, uh, but they're on bye next week, so then by the time they come back, that's going to be the fantasy playoffs and i i would not feel confident throwing drake london in a must-win fantasy playoff game i want to say real so badly <laughs> i want to say real <laughs> but you're right they've just been so inconsistent with with who they're throwing the football to marcus mariota has been incredibly off target all season long you know Olamide Zacchaeus pops up every once in a while. They're throwing touchdowns to Michael Pruitt. And, look, there's even talk that maybe it's Desmond Ritter going forward. Arthur Smith says everything is on the table in terms of the quarterback. So we'll see what happens when they come off the bye. I do. I want, I want this to be real so, so badly. But my brain is telling me that it's a mirage. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm listen to my head and not my heart. And say that this is it, a mirage. It's not Drake London. It's though. not your fault, Drake. It, it's, it's it's your not. quarterback, your coach, everything <laughs> around you. And again, you know what? Next year, especially if they're making a quarterback change, I'm going to be back in. I'll be right back to you. Just like I'm <laughs> back in on Kyle Pitts, I'm going to be back in on Drake London. He is a good player in a bad situation. My heart hurts. Last one, Devonta Smith, who, not really a surprise, uh, had a really good game against the Titans. Five for a buck two and a touchdown. 
Look, he's been up and down. But with what we've seen from Devontae Smith, and let's just make it the body of work. Is that real or a mirage? His body of work is real. Uh, him being able to do this on a weekly basis would be a mirage. Like, this is just who he is at this point. And uh, yesterday was his second game over 20 fantasy points all year. But he's been very up and down. Uh, I will say this, though. Next week, he gets the Giants, and, and they've really limited uh, production to receivers on long balls. So I'm a little bit worried about Devonta Smith. But that being said, it always comes down to options when six teams are on by. I'm going to say he's more real than Mirage. And you're right. He's not, you know, obviously five for 102 touchdown. That That's not going to happen every week. He's just not that guy. But I think there's more upside than there are things to be worried about. And I think that's the reason that we keep advocating that you stick with him, that you put him in lineups as you know, wide receiver two or a flex. I just think that the ceiling is a, is a lot higher. The skill level is there. He's got the quarterback. He's got the offense around him. So I say he's more real than he is Mirage, even if it's not 20 points worth of real every single week. Time to wrap up the show with some Madden movers, the guys we think should get a boost in the digital side of things. Basically, it's our chance to just talk about players who had good games that we didn't get to fit in elsewhere in the show. So we each got a couple. Who's your first one? Darius Slayton, who is just making big plays week in and week out. Remember what he did on Thanksgiving when he mossed the Cowboys defense and just missed a huge touchdown by like a foot and then yesterday, he saw a team high, eight targets, six catches, and 90 yards, scored 15 fantasy points, and like he's been good for double-digit fantasy points pretty much each week since week seven. His low in that span, one game not in double digits, it's nine points. So very safe floor, safe ceiling. That being said, I don't know if I'd ha uh, be brave enough to start him next week against the Eagles. Don't think I'd start him against the Eagles, but he's been one of those guys that when the matchup is right, you can start him, in part because... I mean, the Giants just really don't have a whole lot of other options in the passing game. They're still trying to figure out other wide receivers. Um, I mean, Kenny Galladay, he's, he's still on the roster technically, right? I, I yesterday was like, man, what the Giants are doing is so impressive when you consider that they traded Dave Gettleman's last first pick in mm -hmm. Kadarius Toney, and they just refused to play his big signing. Like They're like, we're going to go out there and win in spite of everything the past regime left us. Pretty much. It is a proverbial middle finger to <laughs> Dave Gettleman <laughs> is what they're doing right now. Samaje Pirine, who stepped in in place of Joe Mixon. Mixon was out with concussion symptoms in the protocol. And a huge game, 106 rushing yards, 49 receiving yards, 21 and a half fantasy points. And... I don't remember, and I apologize for not remembering who tweeted it, but you know, the point being, Mixon is probably overall a more talented back, but the Bengals have very little drop-off when it's P. Ryan mm -hmm. that steps in and plays for them in the backfield. And we saw that again on Sunday. He can catch the football well. He's effective as a runner. And, yeah, when Mixon comes back, he's going to go back to taking that lead role. But P. Ryan is a guy that if you don't have him and if he's available on waivers, he might be worth an ad just because – if something happens to Mixon over the course of the fantasy playoffs and you're still alive and you need some help, you can plug some AJP Ryan in there and feel pretty confident that he's going to give you a good number. So it's been that's kind of a nice insurance policy to have. And not every backup is Samaj P. Ryan, but we tend to know which teams have a backup that they're going to like the Colts are going to go to Deion Jackson, examples right. like that. Get your handcuff now if you still can because you, you want them just in case in the fantasy playoffs. Although for all the things that Samaj P. Ryan did, it was Chris Evans that scored the touchdown yeah, late in the game. Because, that was annoying. Because fantasy football is stupid, and I don't know why anyone <laughs> plays it. Uh, any, any other guys that deserve a Madden boost? Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, Bam. whatever you want to call him. He played well yesterday. 15 carries for 90 yards. That's six yards per carry. And then he caught all five of his targets for 28 yards. Listen. If the Jets decided to let him run the ball on the one-yard line instead of have Mike White throw the ball like 10 times, and they might have won this game because he could have been punching it in. He just looked good. I, I don't have him as a start next week because we don't know about Michael Carter, but if Michael Carter sits, Zonovan Knight is someone that I think you very much so get in your starting lineups. Absolutely. You know, it's sort of weird. Like Knight does all this work. They get down close, and then they decide that we need to feed Braxton Berrios in the red zone. Like, I don't... I don't understand that, but I'm a dude who just talks about fake football for a living, so what do I know? <laughs> My last one is Taylor Heineke, and it was nice to see him get more people than just Terry McLaurin involved. Yes, McLaurin was involved, but as we talked about, we saw him feeding the ball to uh, Curtis Samuel, to Jahan Dotson, and again, continuing to play well, 17.6 fantasy points, 275 passing yards. 
again, he's one of those guys that's it's not it's not splashy, right? It's not spectacular, but he's been pretty steady, pretty consistent, and he's got the Commanders playing well. He's got them very much in contention right now, and so uh, I, I don't know that you're ever going to feel comfortable like in a, in a one QB league starting him, but two QB leagues, he's proven that he's a viable option for you. And uh, look, he's playing well, so I think he deserves a little bit of recognition for what he has been doing. I, uh, I can't weeks. get it out of my head. Someone I don't remember who on Twitter once said that he looks like uh, Andy from Toy Story's neighbor. Uh, I forget his name. Sid? Sid. Like, all grown up Sid. And i that's all I see every time I see Taylor. Hopefully he uh, got out of the habit of burning toys with a micro- <laughs> oh, the magnifying glass. Because Sid was a menace. So, so good. For, hopefully uh, Taylor Heineke is not a, a menace in his life away from the football field. By the way, a reminder, in case somehow it hasn't sunk in just yet, that if you subscribe to one of these shows, you get all of them in your podcast feed all week long. And plus, you can check us out when we are streaming live in the NFL Fantasy app, the NFL Fast Channels, and at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. By the way, you should go and check out, uh, I mentioned our column for the waiver wire. We also have a new DFS column that comes out later in the week. Our guy Joel writes that when it's NFL.com slash DFS picks. So if you get a chance, go and check that out if you are of the DFS mind uh, and you want to get some information about that. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, it's always funny until someone gets hurt. Then it becomes hilarious. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.